Master Brock, Diane and Palmer's book, Wyoming Rugged. And I'm going to warn you ahead of time. You're not going to like this chapter or chapter 8. And you're probably not going to like the first part of chapter 9. But anyways, here we go. I read chapters I didn't like before. Here I go again. Ashley Brock's Diane Palmer's book, Wyoming Rugged, chapter 7. Blair and Saw showed up at the Austin Ranch on Monday, but Nikki was nowhere in sight. So I called text and went, where is she? Yes. Went to work. He replied, I said, even if her boss was gone, there was some work she needed to catch up on. So she wouldn't have so much overtime when he came back. Okay. Thanks, Tex. I hope they get that low-life drug dealer, Texaco, and shut him up in jail for the rest of his miserable life. So do I, frankly. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Got the purebed calves through the process. Yes, because it's breeding her. Dropped the calves and like almost text We'll finish up by tomorrow. We've got a lot of calves to brand and vaccinate and tag. Yeah, that's not a complaint. Nice to have the pasture full again after that winter nightmare we had a couple years back. Ranchers had lost almost a hundred thousand head of cattle in the worst winter storm in years over the territory two years ago. Todd's ranch had suffered along with many others. I certainly agree. If you need anything, pick up at the hardware store and charge it to my account. Tex knew that, but he didn't say a word. Mr. Aston was obviously worried about Nikki and not taking straight. Will do, boss. He hung up. Blair's eyebrows were. She wanted to work, he told the other man. I suppose she didn't want to sit around here and brood. Blair's going. And I should go home. Stay the night, Tom replied. We've had a long trip. Don't push it. You need rest. Blair hesitated, but he gave in. He wanted to see Nikki. He wanted a chance to explain and make things right with her. If he could, hurting her wasn't an option. We've done enough of that already. Dan Brady could be good company, but today he was driving Nikki to, distra to distraction. Listen, I appreciate your interest in my health, she told him finally after 10 minutes of nonstop prompting about the herbal remedies he wanted to take. But I really am allergic to a number of herbs. Do you know what to explain to my father why I went into an amphiphylactic shock because I took some herbs that my allergist didn't know about? He just didn't. How can herbs cause you to go into shock? He asked. They're there to help you. They won't help me if I'm allergic to them. He's here up and I give up. He won't even try. Dan, she said, pretending a patient. She really You can't prescribe substances for anyone without risking a lawsuit. Don't you know that? You don't have a medical degree, for God's sake. He started to reply when Mr. Jacobs came in from the parking lot looking more than disheveled. He overheard part of the conversation and gave Dan a cool look. <laughs> I agree with Miss Ashton. He said it was doctors prescribed, Brady. Doctors. They cleared up both of them. Walked off without another word. Sorry, Nikki said when they were in Mr. Jacobs' office. He's getting rather aggressive. <laughs> Don't you? You listen to him because herbs can be beneficial. I agree, but there are specialists if they you want to go that route. I wouldn't risk my health or my daughter's on the say so of some quack who thinks he knows what he's doing. Thanks, Mr. Jacob. She says, Wow, he really cares about people. I think he just goes overboard. You want to know the sort of person he is, Miss Ashton? He's the sort who would will let you drown in the river and then be the first to come to your funeral and criticize the way you drowned. In the muffled laugh, she turned it into a cop. Sorry. But you came in early. I came in early. We might as well get a little work done. I was Cancun. Hot, is all she said. You know, beautiful, though. Did you get to see the ruins? I ran out of time. She replied without explaining. 
Well, perhaps another time. Perhaps. Dan hovered by the front door when Nikki was leaving the house. Listen, he said, I, I sort of hammer things to death, you know. I just want to help you. I don't mean to be pushy about it. She said, it's okay. It's not a bad thing to be passionate. Of course it isn't. Coming on the hike week after next, right? I promise. I'd like to. Great. We'll talk about specifics closer to time. You going straight home? I have to, said my father will be getting home. I thought you went together. She helped the flesh his meeting ran over, so he had to stay an extra day. She preempted. Oh, I see. Smile. Well, catch you tomorrow. Have a good evening. You too, Dan. She drove home slowly. She dreaded having to talk to her father. She couldn't tell him what had really happened. That would have been too involved anyway, but she had to come up with some excuse that would placate him. The story about the drug dealer on the beach would be enough. Surely Janet had gone to dinner with Blair and her father after collusion and implantation out of Nikki, and she would have told them all about the incident. She recalled leaving her bathing suit in the trash can. If her father had seen that, he'd known for himself that she'd been upset over the beach. With any luck, he'd never realized that her bad experience had more to do with Blair's coolness than her encounter with the drug dealer. She pulled into the garage at the ranch, parked her car, and went slowly into the house. She was tired. The trip home had been uncomfortable enough without going into work so early, and the pollen was already getting to her. It was so thick that the sidewalk leading to the front door was yellow. She she started in the door and almost walked right into Blair Coleman. Scarlet flash bloomed on her cheeks. She swallowed because Blair, she began nodding at him. She tried to go past him. Didn't work. His mouth made a thin line as he caught her arm and led her back outside to his rental car. He put her inside, got her in himself, and drove off. Nicky didn't say a word. She couldn't think of anything that would make a bad situation even worse. Pulled up a roadside park, cut off the engine, helped her out, and walked down to the wide, shallow river with her. A stand of lodgepole pines, shutting the clear area from the road, stuck his hands in his pockets and said, Janet told us what happened to you at the beach. He said with his back, the eye she couldn't see was from your father lies in the authorities after the drug dealer. He'll be caught and sent back to jail, no matter what it takes. He added bitterly. She wasn't surprised that her father had wanted revenge on the man, but Blair's attitude was curious. She crossed her arms tightly around her chest and stood quick quietly beside him, watching the river flow by. She said, I bought that new bathing suit because it was so beautiful. It looked sophisticated, and I thought, she wrote to you, it's a mistake I won't make twice. I'm sorry about wearing it out on the beach. She couldn't go on. He groaned deep in his throat, his hands in his pockets were falling. No, it was my fault. He said, well, I should have never touched you. So he regretted it. What did she expect that he say he had no regrets? That was the stuff of romantic films remote the books. I threw it away. She said, open to placate him. Closed his eyes on a wave of pain. She looked so beautiful in it. He carried a picture of her like that for the rest of his life, but he couldn't, didn't dare tell her. Crossed the line with Nikki. Now he had to control himself. It wasn't going to be easy. I'm not going to be around for a while, he said without looking at her. I have diverse divisions I need to visit in person, conferences I need to have with my managers, let things slide in the business since the divorce. Janet is very nice, she said of running nice. I like her a lot. She was kind to me. She had the drug dealer, what for, and ran him off. I know if you told us, said Emma. I've known her for a long time. She said your mother liked her. Yeah, she was fond of Janet. She swallowed down back. She's a brunette too, she said Janet. You're fond of brunettes. <laughs> I always have been. It wasn't the complete truth. He had a passion for a beautiful young blonde woman who was arms linked away, but might as well have been on Mars. <sighs> the sound of the river flowing by, watery and soothing, was all they heard for a few minutes. In the Janet said the two of you were very close. 
Is that why you invited her to dinner with us? And got on the first plane back home? Yes, with great bitterness. I thought it would make you happy, Nikki replied. After all, he took her to dinner the previous night. Yes, he had, trying to avoid Nikki and what was going to be inevitable if he spent any time around her. Especially after the taste of her he had on the Mexican beach. Just the memory of it almost brought him to his knees. Nikki drew in a breath. I'm really sorry about what happened. She said to her. Now you're vulnerable. You can't help it if idiots make stupid comments about your choice of bathing suit. You'll be found up with no matter what it takes. She turned hesitated, her cheeks colored, eyes the color of an August fog. Looked up and she's like, I met what happened in the ocean. He looked down at her, his broad face hardened, his eyes glittered. She was wearing a beige suit with a pale yellow blouse. It was low cut on every. It wasn't low cut or even suggested, but her breast under it had hard little peaks. The side of them hurt him. She was attracted to him, violently attracted. She couldn't hide it because she didn't have the experience. It flattered him, maddened him because there was no way she could fake her reaction. He was years too old for her. He was going to have to make her believe he felt nothing. Oh, God. He, he drew her against him, swallowing her up in his hard arms. Her head in the crook of his elbow, his eyes stabbing down into hers. She was already having trouble breathing. He could feel her heart hammering against him, his eyes full Eyes right. He was her husband as he bent his head to hers. He felt the hunger in him even before his warm, hard mouth slowly covered hers. He was a little rough because desire was riding him, but he was slow and patient. She didn't even protest when one big hand smoothed up her ribcage and swallowed her small breasts. He nipped her up her lip tenderly. Help me, he ground out. Okay, her arms looked around his neck, and she stood on tiptoe to tip him. That is not what I meant. He bit off against her eager mouth, even as he said it, his body hardened blatantly against her. Are you sure? She whispered against his lips, lifted her closer, guiding her breast into his broad chest, chest as he deepened the kiss to levels of pleasure he never felt in his life with anyone. His, her hands tangled in his thick, wavy black hair enjoying the coolness of it against her fingers, loving the hard, hungry crush of his mouth. I might as well be hung for a sheep as a lamb. He managed as he bent suddenly, lifted her clear off the ground in his arms. Still kissing her, he walked slowly back to the car, put her in on the passenger seat, let her go long enough to get in beside her and reach for her again. This is not going to end well. He bent off against her mouth as his fingers searched for the buttons on her shirt and opened it. I don't care. She hurts her back as he found the front lip of her bra pushed it away, his black eyes devouring her from the waist up, enjoying the creamy soft skin of her breasts, and her heart peaked crowns, touched them almost reverently, teased the crowns until she gasped and looked at him. We all make mistakes, he said as he bent. This is the worst I've made in a decade. Pencils have erasers, she said. Oh, no eraser is going to help this, he said. His mouth opened and took one soft, silky breast right inside him. His tongue worked against it. A quick, high-pitched little moan she made went through him like silver stabs of pleasure. He drew on the soft mound of gentle suction that produced an unexpected violent reaction. She arched up to his lips and shuddered. Her nails bit into the back of his head. She unbolted against his mouth as pleasure took her, arched her, convulsed her in shock of fulfillment, then delighted the man whose mouth had provoked it. She collapsed against him, tears rolling down her cheeks. Kissed them away, staggered by her capacity for passion. Her reaction she couldn't help. Almost adult life woman had wanted him for what he had. 
what he could give. Nikki only wanted him, and it was so obvious that it was like a knife in his heart. He wanted her too, but he was too old for her. He was cheating her of a proper life with some young man who cherished her, loved her, gave her children. Children! He crawled inward. His big hand went to her belly, pressed the thought of Nikki with someone else's baby in her arms, and the pain was like an ice pick in his heart. Lifted his head and looked into brown, silvery eyes. She was still shivering in the aftermath of her climax, embarrassed, shocked. Shane, don't he was preventing the kitchen. Don't be embarrassed by in all my life. I've never had that reaction from a woman. Any woman. She's hollow. Never. He shook his head. His eyes went to her bare breast. The one he suckled had a faint red mark. He touched it tenderly, loving the way her body responded to him. Women want me for what I have, Nikki, he said with faint bitterness. Only for what I have. What I can give them. Soft hand touched his hard cheek, tracing down to his faintly swollen, sexy one. Not me. No, he was with Not you. He bit and kissed her tenderly. Their fingers went to the bottom. No, he protested, but he wasn't protesting very hard. She opened his head through the edges of his I love looking at you like this, and you were so sick. He drew in an unsteady breath. Did you? Yes, but you were married. She called. She bent her head to his chest, kissed him there. Pressing her mouth against the thick hair and hard, warm muscles, he caught her head, hesitated by the temptation. It was just too much. Threw her mouth to hard, male nipple, impressing it. Like you did to me, sure. Yes, he bit off. She opened her mouth and suckled him. He arched, shuddering, aching for her, loving the touch of her soft mouth on him, loving knowing that she was enjoying him as much as he was enjoying her. Only this, he promised himself, just this one last time before he had to walk away from her for her own good and give her up to the more suitable man. Just this once, he drew her up across the console between the seats in his car so that she sat on his lap. Her young breast pressed his broad chest and bent to her mouth, but he hesitated his eyes. Never again, Nikki, he said. You understand? No. His mouth teased her. We're both curious, both. But this is as far as it goes. When I drive you home, I'm leaving. I'm not coming back until this heat between us subsides. <laughs> you want me? She whispered against his hard one. Yes, I want you, but I never want to marry again. You're a marrying woman, the key he ground out. You need a young man who can cherish you, give you children. Hang on, Madison. Don't you want children, Blair? She whispered. He groaned. His mouth cried into hers. She were closer, dragging her soft breast against him, drowning in pleasure. Yes, he wanted children. He wanted to give her a baby and watch her grow big with it. He wanted nothing more in life. But those 16 years were a burden she couldn't understand now. As he grew older, as she stayed young, she wouldn't, couldn't want him forever. He would die years before she would, or perhaps go sick and have to be taken care of. She'd want younger men then, perhaps, and he wouldn't be able to let it go. So it was painful now to walk away, but it would be more painful down the road, especially if he took her completely. He'd never get the memory out of his mind, his heart. He'd never be able to go on. She was on fire for him. She moaned helplessly under the heavy heart crush of his mouth. Loving the feel of his skin against her, his, his arms holding her, trading her, cherishing her. Blair, she wanted to away. He lifted his head and looked into drowned gray eyes, flushed face, her mouth swollen from the force of his kisses. Her nipples were dark pink, hard with the same desire that had him. No, he said, we can't. You know that. You know why. He drew back from 
taking one long last look at her bare breast before he fastened her bra on her blouse, moved away from her, his hands going blindly to the buttons on her own shirts. She moved back over to the passenger seat in the car, stared at him with helpless longing and grimaced. He was encased in ice again as far away as a star. During a sudden embrace and got himself under control before he left. I have to leave, Nikki. Her mouth hurt from the pressure of his. It was a sweet pain, like the faint discomfort in the breast he suffers from. I don't want you to, she said. But I won't try to make you feel guilty. You're, you're very young, honey, he said after a minute, and there was a world of sensual wisdom in his black eye. I was like you once, on fire with curiosity and desire, but I satisfied it with the proce procession of worldly, experienced women. There's no mystery left for me, Nikki, he said, but I'm not curious anymore. He smiled with faint circus. I don't need a curious 22-year-old virgin, so don't build daydreams on what is happening. We satisfied a mutual lust, partially, at least, as all was, a little raw passion. Top off a long day. Tomorrow I won't remember that it even happened. And I'll have other women to assume the ache if it comes back. And it's still available. He had a recall. She wants me too. It was like a knot through her heart, but Nikki wasn't going to let him see how badly his words hurt. She just smiled. Yes, she does. I'm sure she's ready and willing to start over. Let's see if we left off. She's closer to your age. Much closer, he agreed. Cranked the car and pulled out into the road. His movements were so controlled, so patient, that Nicky knew he was telling the truth when he said he could take her or leave her. He wasn't dying of an unsatisfied lust for her, and lust was all it was. Something inside her curled up like a wounded thing. She hoped that what he felt had something more than desire in it, that the tenderness he showed her meant that he cared, even only a little, but then he had always been tender with her. When he saved her from the football player, he cuddled her in his lap until she stopped shaking. For the most part, he treated her like a beloved child. This new hunger was just a fluke. She tempted him, and he was a man. He reacted to her passion. That was all it was. He didn't believe in marriage or love anymore. Certainly didn't believe in it with Nikki. She stared at the landscape as they drove along the road that led back to the Austin Ranch, but she didn't really see it at all. He pulled up at the back door of the sprawling ranch house. Your father thinks you're upset about the drug dealer, so let him go on believing it. I had that in mind already. He threw in an angry breath. She looked utterly defeated, dejected. He hated seeing the pain in her face, knowing that he caused it. It's just sex, Nikki, he said earlier. Once you've had it, you'll understand how it is. A man can want a woman without feeling anything else for her. Poor Janet. Does she know that? She has sarcasm. Janet is my business. I won't discuss her with you. She searches black eyes. His own were sad. You were friend. We were friends once. He smiled. It was a nice. We were. He agreed to smile. Until you tried to seduce me, you won't get a second chance at at it. At it. I don't want you, Nikki. He said. I never will, except in one way. I know exactly which way I mean. Of course I do. She said, trying to hide them. You're still living in fairy tales, happily ever after, romance, tick. Nonsense. It all was that. It's a lie, Nikki. It's just sex with frosting. That's all it ever is for a man. Her face straightened up. I see. If you weren't so damn naive, you'd have known it from the beginning. You have a beautiful body, and I wanted it. Any man would. That's all it was. Naive. She only thought she was that stupid about men until the police. She couldn't mean that. Goodbye, Claire. Goodbye, Blair. His face betrayed them. Goodbye, Nikki. She opened the card and got out. Closed it gently without looking at him. She went straight into the house without speaking to either or her father up the stairs to her room. She locked the door, then she sat on the bed and let the tears fall hot and silent as she rolled down. 
I will get over you, Blair Colwood. She promised herself, I will, I will. Downstairs, Blair was in such agony that he could hardly be her parent. He got a, a look at his face as he turned it toward Nikki's disappearing figure, and she turned away when he saw her expression. Whatever he told Nikki to send her up the stairs in such misery had caused him even more. She'd never seen such a look on a man's face except once the day Nikki's mother died. Her father had worn almost the same expression, one of such grief and loss that she'd never gotten it out of her mind. Blair was wrong. He thought Nikki was too young. He smiled sadly. Someone should have told him about Nikki's mother and father, but it was too late now. Blair told her father that Nikki was so upset about the drug dealer, whether or not he bought it was up for grabs. Nikki cried herself to sleep. Sleep. Blair was adamant that he wanted no part of future that included her, and his only interest in her had been physical. She had to admit that she'd gone out of her way in Mexico to try to attract him in any way she could. In retrospect, she should never have put on that sexy bathing suit in the first place, much less tempted a man who didn't want her except physically. A few times she'd been almost sure that he felt something elsewhere, something deep and tender and lasting. But he disabused her of that idea pretty quickly. He wanted a woman, that was all it was, and he had scores of them waiting. Janet was at the head of the pack, apparently. Didn't want to get married again because Elise had damaged his pride. Then Janet had learned from his ex-wife's example just how to land that sexy man. She laughed herself, and it had a whole sound. She knew, as Blair certainly had, that it had... If he'd put on the pressure, she'd have given in without a single protest, even without a hope of marriage. She wanted him so badly with such passion that it almost choked her, even in memory. He knew it, but it wasn't enough. He had women. He said the mystery was all over for him, that it was only a purely physical response, that he couldn't help. Yes, she tempted him she meant to. It was a last-ditch effort to try to make him see that she was mature enough for him, that she was a woman, not a child. The years between them didn't matter. To Blair, the years mattered. That was the bottom line. She offered him anything he wanted, and it wasn't enough. Janet had already told her that she was going after Blair with Elise's tactics, make him crazy, lure him into marriage. It might work, but it seemed a shoddy way to treat a man. It was dishonest. It played on his senses, not his heart. Yes, Janet might use desire to get a wedding band, but if Blair didn't love her as well as want her, he'd be no better off than he had been with Elise. Nikki stared at the wall with her heart breaking in her, her chest. She and Blair had been friends. He'd been her protector, her confidant, her companion. She turned all that away for a few heated minutes in Mexico, and in his car, and she lost his respect. He was going to stay away until she came to her senses. That was what he'd been saying, after all. What he didn't know was that she was never going to come to her senses. She loved him. That was no flare of desire that would be quickly satisfied. She loved him. She wanted children with him, a future with him, but he couldn't give her that. He wanted her, but he didn't love her. What an empty, cold life that would have been if she crossed the line with him and he married her out of guilt with a one-sided love and the possibility of a child he wouldn't want. At least now, both of them had been spared that. Swept away the tears and changed out of her office clothes, sliding into jeans and a t-shirt, but she couldn't manage to go downstairs and face Blair over the dinner table. That would require more composure than she could manage. A few minutes later, her father rapped on the door. Nikki, aren't you going to come down for supper? He asked gently. Sorry, Dad, she replied, working hard to keep the hoarseness out of her voice. I've got an awful headache. I had sort of a blow-up with dance day at work. <laughs> what sort of blow-up? He asked. She opened the door. He was on about the herbs and the diet again. She said it was awful. He's been a little aggressive with me and Mr. Jacobs about them. <laughs> Exactly what does he think they'll do for you? 
Through asthma and rheumatoid arthritis, you might say he's made allies of Mr. Jacobs and me. <laughs> he's well, the man needs to be talked to. I can tell him, no, she's well, no, please. It would just make things worse. Dan did realize that he'd gone too far. He apologized. He cares a lot about people. She had wants to help. He doesn't quite realize that he's being obnoxious. <laughs> he's doing a breath and doing a little change in his mind. Okay, it's your call. I said, want Edna to bring you up the shade. No, thanks, Dad. It's been a trying few days. He made my, my head really is splitting. I think I've had an early night. So Blair, I said to have a safe trip and thank him for the vacation. Some vacation with you being insulted by some pig of a drug dealer right on the hotel ground. She said, That's being dealt with, by the way. We called the authorities. She's not. Janet was very kind to me. She said, She said, She's not. She's nice. Blair could do a lot worse. He didn't say anything. He was remembering how homicidal Blade had been about Nikki's encounter with the lewd young man on the beach. Remembered even better the sight of Blair with his lips to Nikki's discarded bathing suit. Wanted to tell her, but he couldn't betray his friend. I guess. He said after me. Well, good night, Dad. Good night, honey. She looked well. She reached up and kissed you. You're the nicest father in the whole world. <laughs> I wish you'd had time to see the ruins at Chicken Isa. I know you were looking forward to it. He had to Maybe next time. You know, that's a deal. Next time you and I will go. It must have been the day at the ruins. How's that? She said, that that's very nice. He went, I'll see you in the morning, honey. She nodded, smiled, and I closed the door. Blair looked up expectantly as Todd came back into the dining room. He wasn't really surprised that Nikki didn't come. Headache, Todd said easily. So now she has a few issues at the office with. He said, cutting off the remark, he almost looked. Some of the equipment is new to her, that's all. He had it. I see. Edna started bringing up food, and the men fell into discussion of new oil exploration venues in the chapter 7.